Welcome to Shit Talkers. This episode of the podcast is sponsored by Vertive Integrated Solutions. As industry experts, we collaborate with our customers and partners to build future-ready infrastructures. We leverage our portfolio of hardware, software, analytics, and services to ensure our customers' vital applications run continuously, perform optimally, and scale with business needs. Now, a big welcome to our podcast guest, Maria Serda Dwyer. Welcome, Maria. Thank you, Katie. Great to be here. So, Maria, do you want to give us a little bit of background on who you are, or would you like me to go ahead and do that? Yes. Well, I guess I could do it for you, for you, <laughs> save you the time. Uh, so, <laughs> so I have been, I have a very, an extensive stint in the IT technology, you know, industry. Um, I was, let's see, gosh, I actually came to Vertiv about a year ago. I celebrated my anniversary uh, in July. And prior to that, I was at Dell for 18 years um, in if I go further back, I'm going to age myself and I'm going to tell you that I started when I was five years old. So, <laughs> <laughs> But prior to Dell, I actually was almost five years working for a semiconductor company, um, Tokyo Electron. You know, I've I've been, like I said, been in the industry for quite a while. So um, and, and as I said, I was five years old. So I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> awesome. Could you talk through a little bit how you got interested in the tech industry? Oh, yes. Uh, that brings a lot of memories. Um, I might have been in third or fourth grade um, in elementary school, and I was introduced to a my first computer back then, which I thought was a great blessing because if you think about the time, about 1980, 81, um, you know, not a lot of students, in, especially in a public elementary school, would have been exposed to computers. And so right. I, uh, I was very fortunate. So when I was exposed to it, um, I fell in love with the, with the technology. And I decided that from that point on that I was going, going to go into the technology uh, sector. And so that's kind of how I got my love for IT. And, you know, that's, this is where where I've always been, and um, I'm still in still loving it. So you know, I'll I'll be I'll be 80 probably still working, one <laughs> one of these days, <laughs> or I guess in the future. That's awesome. So it's uh-huh. been a lifelong love. Um, oh yes. I guess it, since you were able to get that exposure as a kid, were there any specific school programs? that had a particular impact on you? Was it, you know, specifically around computers? Was it within just the tech field in general? I'm just curious, you know, what what really got your attention back then? Sure, it would have been, uh, I was part of a gifted and talented uh, program. And so I was, uh, I think there were about five students in the entire elementary school that were part of this program. And so it was computer math actually that we were we were working on the on the I believe it's a Commodore 64. I can't even. I think. I mean, I don't know if you guys remember those systems. Oh yes. But it's like, um, no, that I. What was the environment? It was not DOS. It was before DOS. Anyway, it was uh, it and it was computer math actually. We would um go and do contests and. Um, you know, we would do competitions, and so it was on on that computer that you know that my my love started for computers, I guess. And so, 
Um, but yeah, it, it was a gifted and talented uh, program that they had at my elementary school in uh, South Texas. Of, of all places, right? Because when you think of South Texas, uh, there there's a high, uh, you know, high minority population of uh, immigrant uh, children. And actually, I was one of the immigrant children. And as I said, was very, very fortunate to be part of that program. Yeah, absolutely. Maria, so, you and I have yeah. a little bit in common, whereas I also, um, you know, had uh, been accepted into a gifted program um, while I was younger in elementary school as well. But a few days into it, and they realized they made a huge mistake. And, and, and I, I don't think I was invited back in subsequent years. So. I was just going to say, Maria, your gifted program was probably more advanced in my high school math. So I'm in awe of you. <laughs> no, my, I still have, uh, I actually, you know, was, uh, we, we got awards, right? And so my entire um i think the living room my mom had it all you know with all the pictures with my principal because uh, you know at the end of the season uh, mm -hmm. the top the top student got to take their picture with the principal and then we got a really nice plaque award and so I can't tell you how many of these I have in, in my house and I would love, I need to get them from my mother. She's, she, <laughs> she, she's, a, I think I sometimes uh, make fun that she kind of like likes to hoard things, you know, mm -hmm. but she has so many of those things and I would, you know, I, I wish I would have had one here with me. I was going to um, say, you need to put them up behind your I know, desk, like um... do a soft flex on calls. Yeah, she, yeah, she's five hours away, so it's not that easy for me to grab. But yeah, that would have been fun. <laughs> I'll make you a deal, Maria. You get your plaque, and then I'll put on my childhood award, which is the most improved award. <laughs> Thanks for trying. Oh, Song, fun. you got that last week. Stop lying. Oh. Uh -huh. <laughs> He, he likes uh, to hear from us how good he is. I That's know. That's why he's like. <laughs> um, awesome. Well, then I guess we'll kind of move forward on some of, because I'm still interested, especially in the education piece, mm -hmm. but about maybe some of your post high school classes. So, you know, I'm interested, what was your experience in some of those more technical courses in college, especially when it comes to computer science and those different areas? Um, and did you feel like there was ever a sense that you needed to perform differently than some of your peers in those classes? Absolutely. Um, you know, it's and 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 it's still to to this day, right? Um, the te technology, the you know, the 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 math and the sciences—they've always been male-dominated, and so um, I really had to prove that I belong. Um, and so, you know. I remember our classrooms were probably, I don't know, there'd be like 15, 20 men to one female. And unfortunately, I think it's, you know, just females were, are, are still probably not as interested in technology as the men are. And I also feel that we're also not risk takers as much as the men. I think that has something to, you know, to do with it. But yes, absolutely, uh, you know, we, I felt as a, as a, you know, as a, as a minority in the classroom, I really had to prove myself. Definitely. And do mm -hmm. you feel like when the, with the, I guess, lack of interest or slow building interest for women in the industry, do you think part of that is, you know, in the education system uh, in the past, probably still today, there's not as much nurturing 
for girls when it comes to STEM, that's still kind of a, I want to say a slow build. Do you have any thoughts there? Yeah, you know, um, I my experience with STEM has been very positive. Uh, I actually mentored um, some of the STEM students at the Southwest State, and I apologize if I butcher the name, but it used to be Southwestern University when I was there. So yeah, so at Texas State, I believe is uh, what Southwest is now called. Uh, they uh, I mentor students there, and so my experience has been very positive. Um, I think, you know, the there's about the last meeting I had with them, we had about, I want to say 15, 15 students, um, the majority were women, and there were three males in the room. So I was really happy to see that, you know, and so I think as we talk about diversity, and uh, inclusion, and, you know, just, you know, just one, you know, wanting to be more um, I think I think diversity actually also leads better results. So I think as more and more of that conversation takes place, uh, I think women are starting to feel more comfortable uh, in in those sectors. And I really think it has to probably do with just uh, maybe lack of confidence. Um, mm. You know, um, I, I as I as I mentioned, I mean, I was always surrounded, you know, with, with my classes by males, and so mm-hmm. I got comfortable being around men, um, but I don't think that maybe was a case for, for so many females. And, and also, you know, I think, um, you know, I think I mentioned to you before, uh, Kate, Katie, I'm actually the oldest of 11. Mm-hmm. And so I already have a tendency to be very bossy. So. <laughs> <laughs> and so <laughs> I think to me, that's just for, you know, second nature of my personality is just um and and uh, you know i i don't um uh, i was bullied as a child especially being an immigrant uh child you know coming in uh i was i about seven and a half when i first came to the states and so i had to like start you know learn english um and you know i was i i was submersed into it i was you know i wasn't there wasn't anything like english as a you know the as a second language or mm-hmm. you know it it was just submersion right and so I was reading second grade English uh, in six months of being in the states and so it, it you know I mean I had to it's it's always been part of my DNA it's just like you you know you're never done proving yourself I feel you know you yeah. kind of have to continue to show that, that you know that you can drive for results and. Uh, but you have to be also comfortable in your own skin, uh, be authentic. If there's any challenges, you know, I, I've mentored, like, as you know, I've mentored uh, many, many, many professionals as well as students. And, and I think it's just really, um, you know, I think it starts with, 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 uh, with us just making a change. It has to start with us as well. We can't just talk about how unfair it is. Uh, if we are not going to step up and do something about it. Uh, and we also have to start including men into the conversation because, you know, we we may have a tendency to just talk as women and then we're not inviting the men to kind of be part of that conversation and part of that shift and change. You know, you mentioned through multiple, I guess, different areas there how you know, you need to build up that grit and confidence. A lot of that comes from just being immersed, obviously, in whatever environment you're in. Yeah. 
Um, but from the expectations and I guess challenges you felt like you experienced with peers in school, did you also feel that in your career within tech? I mean, because if anything, you're obviously immersed with a lot of different people in tech. So I'm just curious if you felt that as well. Uh, I sure did. (laughs) (laughs) But like like I said, you know, I I think I I was very, um, I've been very fortunate in, you know, in, uh, I I think when you uh, feel stuck or when I feel stuck, you know, we're talking, you know, you're asking me about how I did it, right? Um, I asked for help when I didn't know how to approach something. Um, mm-hmm. And I surrounded myself by mentors that would help, you know, be that guide for me. Um, and, you know, kind of help me clear that the path, because, uh, you know, I think it's important to ask for help, um, especially when, you know, we feel like there's no, you know, no way to move ahead or, mm-hmm. or, or be successful. Um, I will tell you, I'm I'm way better at giving advice and taking my own advice sometimes. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> but, but but uh and I would often tell my team is like do do it do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> but but you know, because I, I I'm the type of person that, you know, I I like to figure things out on my own. And, you know, sometimes that's also not, not, not the best way to do it. You know, you do have to ask yeah. for help and raise your hand when you need it. So, so, but yes, I think, uh, you know, just surrounding yourself with, with the right mentor and it has to be the right mentor, right? Because mentorship is not about going and asking somebody to go have a cup of coffee with you. It's about having follow, you know, having an agenda of what are some of the things and some of the challenges that we may be facing and how do we can work through those challenges. And then, you know, having a follow up and a checkup as to, hey, how are you doing in those, you know, things that we discussed, you know, is what's, you know, what was the result? What was the outcome? Is there anything else that, you know, that 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 we can work on to help better prepare you for X, Y, Z? So. Uh, I think it's important, you know, that, you know, that we ask for help. I, but I was surrounded by very good mentors in my, in, and, and to this day, I still have some great mentors. You know, so Maria, um, thanks for sharing your perspective. And you're obviously a great proponent of mentors and the importance of asking for help, right? Um, and you, you were joking in saying that you're better at giving advice than uh, listening to advice. So... <laughs> As a mentor, could you tell us about how you got started in being a mentor yourself and getting on that streak? Yes. Um, so I started, gosh, um, I started when I was a student. Um, I, you know, I always uh, was very successful in, um, in, in, you know, getting people to help me when I was stuck with something, right? Specifically, I love math. And so um, I started to look for opportunities to mentor um, math students or science students, you know, in the, in the sciences. So I actually got started as a, I would have been, I don't know, gosh, uh, very young when I was helping, you know, helping students, you know, get up to speed with their math and their, and their, 
in their sciences. And I also did English, but English is not, you know, as a second language, I don't. Uh, <laughs> so I have to still look at uh, verify spell checks. So I'm not, <laughs> I am not very good at spelling, but uh, I also help some English students uh, in elementary schools. And then here locally, uh, when I started my job at Dell, very specifically at Dell, that's kind of when I really got into the mentoring programs and you know, started reaching out to schools, um, elementary schools, and I actually was one of the core mentors for one of the high schools, uh, schools here that is a Catholic high school, and it's San Juan Diego, and their logo is the, the school that works, because part of their program at San Juan Diego High School is actually to help uh, put place students starting at their uh, sophomore level into the industry and so what they do they actually you know have these students work part-time for free <laughs> for free which is which is a, you know which is a plus but they get the the experience of being you know in a real world environment while they're finishing high school and so we actually had i want to say maybe about 30 to 40 students from San Juan Diego at Dell when I was there. So I, you know, cool. I would, yeah, I would pair up with them. And then I would also do, um, you know, go to, go to the, go to the high school and, and do uh, mentoring sessions with them, you know, um, specifically when they're uh, getting ready to graduate high school and they have questions regarding, you know, how to, you know, real life outside of the home. Um, a, a lot of students, as you know, because then, you know, we, you know, they get hit with uh, sign up for a credit card and nobody educates them on how to, you know, balance a checkbook or, 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 you know, if just because you have blank checks doesn't mean you actually have money in your, in your checking account, right? <laughs> um, yeah. You'll be surprised. I actually have a funny story about uh, a, a gentleman that he was writing checks because you know, he had checkbooks, but there were no, not where well, there was no money in his checking account. And so, but, you know, people don't know this unless they get the education behind it. And so, so I think, you know, students, when they leave uh, home, they need to be careful uh, with the credit cards because, you know, it's so, so easy to charge everything, but then you have to have a good job or, or a job at least to be able to pay those, you know, and so, that is one of the things that I cover with them when they're, you know, when they're getting ready to graduate or, you know, how to, you know, what to look for in a roommate, um, you know, some of those things that are, I think, essential for survival, for survival. I mean, you don't want to, you want to pair up with a roommate that has the same, um, you know, same value system that you do, right? Um, and, and trust me, you know, having had a couple of roommates in my day, uh, I ended up with one that I tried really hard to be uh, kind, but at the end of the day, I had to move out just because, you know, it was just not the right fit. So we, you know, there's a lot of things that we can mentor uh, students on, but um, just life in general, I think it's, it's a, it's a good one just because I don't think we think about that, you know, the, you know, mm -hmm. we get the education, you know, but not real life scenarios unfortunately and that's really valuable maria you know speaking about uh on the other other side of your your comment earlier about not wanting to take advice who would you say would be 
um, one of the most important mentors in your life. Someone who never gave up on you, even even if you refused to listen to her or his advice. Well, actually, you know, I what I said, Song was that I'm not as good as taking my own advice. Not that I wasn't good at listening or taking advice. Gotcha. That's a very important <laughs> distinction. Thanks for clarifying. Very big distinction. Actually, uh, the mentors that I had were such great mentors that. I, I did incorporate what they, you know, what they, their recommendations into what I needed to do. Um, you know, I, one come to, one comes to mind. Well, there's, there's a few that come to mind, but I would have to say, uh, Terry Kaler was at, at the time the my VP at Dell and, and I was only, gosh, I had only started, I had only been at Dell for maybe about a year and three months. Um, over what now is it over 19 years ago over 19 years ago and so they wanted uh they wanted me to apply for a manager position and i'm like oh my goodness i just started and i have no intention to be a manager right i'm i i felt like i was still you know getting comfortable with the role and um Terry, Terry came up and some a couple of the directors and say, hey, we really think you could, you know, you would be great at this at this role. And I'm like, well, I said, I'm going to need support. And, you know, I mean, I told them, it's like, OK, I'll apply for it, but I will need the support and, you know, in, in the direction as I've never let people. And like I said, I I'm really good at bossing people around, but there's a big difference between being a leader and being, a, you know, being, <laughs> telling people what to do. <laughs> and so um, Terry uh, was, uh, you know, was instrumental in helping me develop as a, as a good leader. Um, I remember uh, one day uh, when, because I, I also think I mentioned in prior conversations that I actually was part, uh, led the transition of one of the uh, call centers uh, for Dell in Panama and Centro America. And so um, Terry was visiting and I said, you know, he, he invited me to dinner and he's like, Maria, let's go to dinner. And I said, oh, I, have, I still have things to do. And he goes, they're going to be there when you get back, you know. And so <laughs> we went to dinner and I was so, I was so stressed out because we were just getting ready to launch and open the call center. And I'm like, oh, I don't feel like I, I can, you know, I can take a break. And so I went with him. Of course, you know, I'm not going to tell no to my VP. Um, and or a nice meal, <laughs> and so and so he's sitting there all relaxed, you know. And I I looked at him and I said, I said Terry, how are you so you like so calm? I'm like I'm over here go you know going crazy thinking of all the things I need to do. And you know, this is the lesson that he taught me that I will never forget. Um, which today I carry with me and uh, and I apply it song. You'll be surprised because that's one of the things that has carried with me since, I mean, this would have been, gosh, I mean, I don't know, in nine, two, 2004 when he said this to me, but he said, Maria, so one of the things that you will learn is never to worry about the things you can't control. And that has stuck with me like a seal, you know, for so long. And to this day, I repeat that to myself when I start getting antsy or stressed out about something. I'm like, I cannot control 
I can, I can, you know, I can't do anything about the things I can't control, right? So I can't worry about it. All I can do is look at what I can control and do something about it. But worrying is not going to make a difference. But but Terry was instrumental in you know in in my development, uh, especially in you know in leading teams. And and of course, there's other other mentors that you know I had throughout my career that have been instrumental in 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 my development and in my career. That's really good feedback and is widely applicable. I'll stop complaining about them wrapping up Star Trek: The Next Generation um, after after twenty years, thirty years as well. So that's good advice for everybody. Uh, yes. <laughs> so Maria, would you say it's difficult for women to find uh, mentors in tech, given your experience? And regardless, what, should, what kind of advice would you give to women in the industry looking for mentors? Yeah, you know, Song, I don't, I don't think it's difficult. I think we just need to ask, right? And it goes back to asking uh, for a mentor. Um, I asked, um, I think what happens is that sometimes maybe we don't know to ask. And so that's kind of what, you know, the message that I really would like to give is, you know, there, there's always going to be uh, people willing to mentor, uh, you know, men and women. Um, I, I've had both. And I mentioned Terry, you know, he was a male and he was a great mentor for me, but I also had great female mentors. And so I think it's just asking, you know, for that help again, you know, raising your hand and asking for the help. And then, you know, there's particular areas where I needed mentors. So I actually had a mentor for on the finance side because I also was responsible for Apex. And so I, you know, I armed myself with somebody that I knew in finance and, you know, that that could mentor me in, you know, you know, really learning how to, you know, managing a budget, uh, what's CapEx, op, you know, OPEX and all, you know, all these other definitions and how they play together. So, you know, it. I think it's really just uh, asking. And the best way to do that is to ask your current leader is, you know, who do you think? You know, I need I need development or I need additional, uh, you know, learn additional acumen in this particular subject or area. Who do you recommend that I can meet up with and, you know, and uh, and get connected with? And a lot of times if you ask them to do a warm introduction, they will do it, you know. So and that was one of the things I always recommended uh, when I mentor people, I'd be like, you know what? Um, I would identify, okay, what are the areas that they, this person or individual needs help on? And then I would say, you know what? I know this person over here in this, in this department uh, that would be great at, you know, helping. And I'm sure they'd love to, to partner up and be your mentor. And I said, what, and I would say, uh, why don't I do this? I'll make a warm introduction and then I'll let them know kind of what you're looking for. And then I'll leave it up to you to follow up. Right. Um, so, um, but that's kind of, you know, the way that it works. But I don't think there's a lack of mentors. I think there's always so many uh, women and men willing to step up to help other individuals uh, be successful in their careers. So, Maria, I think it's really interesting hearing you talk about, you know, just your various experience of how mentorship is more of a holistic 
experience rather than linear. I think a lot of people think is mentorship is specifically for your job function or education, like you mentioned, but it's kind of all areas of life. And obviously you can have multiple mentors, but I'm really interested in learning a little bit more about the committee you chaired at Dell. Um, it sounds like you guys went through a various mentor office hours. Um, yes. And I'm curious, like, what was the effect for the employees there with that feature? Yes. So um, as the last two years I was at Dell, I was, uh, you know, one of my many hats there was um, setting up a, men a men you know, mentoring program for the reps. And so um, what we did is we actually, part of this mentoring program, you know, once we, we set it up, um, you know, we sent invites to the to the leaders and say, hey, which uh, which of you can spend some time with us or even uh, volunteer to be a mentor so we could pair, uh, you know, rep, you know, individuals up to those to those mentors where it made sense. Right. And so we uh, we set up office hours. Um, I believe we had office hours at about a monthly basis. Um, mm -hmm. And so. And so we would sit, you know, we have in an area that we call the clubhouse where we were on our floor. And so we like all goes like, send, you know, we we have it and we have, of course would send an invite reminding folks where we were. But then right before we'd be out there, we'd be like, hey, we're going to be, you know, mentoring hours. We're going to be here. And any question goes right like they could come up and ask any question or even if they just wanted to chat to us about something that was going on. You know, mm -hmm. that's what we were there for, making them feel comfortable, making them feel like they're they're You know, we valued their voice. Uh, we wanted, uh, you know, to make sure that they knew they were valued. And so uh, we'd be hanging out in the clubhouse and, you know, reps would come up and sit, sit with, you know, the available mentors that were there. And, you know, that's how we would ha that's how we would roll. And so uh, in some of these uh you know, I had some really nice emails from from some people that actually uh, said that it made a difference. You know, they come up and say, um, you know, I want to go into marketing. What can I do? And I'm like, well, have you thought about asking this person to mentor you and, you know, have them show you what it's like, at, you know, to be in marketing and in, in specifically there's different roles. Right. And so there would be like different uh, mentors that I say, okay, do warm introductions and then kind of let, let them go and explore that path because, you know, they, they needed to do the follow-up, right? And so they needed to own it. And so that was one part of the conversation. You own it, you follow up. Uh, but there were a couple of people that now today, so some of them are in marketing. And um, I know another one that, you know, t told me the first time I met with, with this particular person, he told me that, he it had been so long that he's been trying to get out of role and he couldn't you know he hasn't been able to do that i'm like well what have you done about it right and that's like the first question have you talked to somebody in that division that you want to go to no well i was like well why not you know what's keeping <laughs> you from doing that and so that's kind of how it gets started right and and like i said a lot of times they just don't know that they can just go do that um mm -hmm. and so it does require a little bit of a push uh, you know, for them to do that. But yes, it, you know, I, I loved it. You know, we also had, we also had some of the leaders uh, actually present, you know, interviewing skills, you know, so we set up, you know, different, different workshops where we would have interviewing skills, uh, you know, 
working on your resume, you know, just things like that, that would really help people get prepared and ready for an interview or, or just going to a one-on-one. -on -one. We had a, a template where we had everybody fill out before they had a one-on-one. -on -one. They, we made sure they had their profile updated, you know, their resume mm -hmm. attached with it. I'll tell you my second job that I got at Dell was during a one-on-one -on -one, uh, that's, you know, somebody suggested, you know, that I meet with, with this person and, and it was a one-on-one -on -one and I showed up with my profile and my resume and they offered me a job. <laughs> and wow. a few months later, I actually accepted it. You know, that's how I got moved from Latin America back to the U.S. But it happened during a ment just, you know, just meeting somebody, just mentoring, just yeah. meeting somebody. And so, um, you know, things like that happen, but, you know, we have to be prepared. Right. So. Right. Yeah. I think. But it was a lot of fun. A really. That's a really good point on the power of communication, like within an organization. Mm -hmm. Because I think sometimes a lot of departments are siloed, so to speak. And I feel like the more we all talk to each other, the better it yeah. is for everyone. So Well, we actually, yeah, awesome. we actually had career fairs also. And we tried to integrate everybody, you know, other areas, other organizations. So we had finance, we had accounting, we had tech. I mean, we had everybody just kind of like in the area, in the clubhouse, we set up tables, you know? And so, you know, the, 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 uh, the employees come in and meet different, different people. I mean, we even had uh, some of our, some of our VPs help with, with those, with those, what we call career fairs, you know, but um, it was a lot of fun. I sure miss those days, you know, COVID pandemic does not allow us to do that anymore. <laughs> But right. but that was a lot of fun. Maria, um, you know, earlier <laughs> <laughs> earlier earlier in the um in the conversation you were talking about, you know, when you started schooling and then also years later when you started your career, you know, both times we can piece it together were really kind of exciting times for um IT and technology, right? Working with Commodore 64s mm -hmm. or in your school, right? Was a good time when, you know, flash memory was sort of developed not too long ago, right? It was such an interesting time. Mm -hmm. And then later on, when you first started, you mentioned that Tokyo Electron Electrons, probably around the time after the first LCD screens were being produced, right? Really exciting time. And Moore's Law about computing speed was still alive and well then, right? Nowadays, we, you know, maybe not so, but back then it was such an exciting time. So, you know, could you tell us a bit more about your first job in, in the industry uh, with Tokyo Electron and, and sort of how you got into it? Yes. Um, thank you. Yeah, so I got into it. Um, I had a, so prior to Tokyo Electron, I was a programmer analyst at one of the, um, I think it was the Texas Workers' Compensation Commission in Austin. And so my leader there went to Tokyo Electron. And when he heard that they were looking for somebody to go do, um, you know, pro programming and, and program being, be a, an analyst there, um, they, uh, he thought of me and, um, you know, I'm, I'm, 
I tend to be loyal to 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 a fault, <laughs> so because you know I'm I'm very loyal. You know the company takes good care of me. I'm just gonna be so loyal, and so he knew that I wasn't gonna like you know leave on on my own. So he actually called and said, "Hey, would you be interested in doing this role? You know, and there's opportunity to travel to Japan." And I was like, "What?" And so I said, "So I said, yeah, I mean, I'll." You know, I'll put in my resume and see what happens. I had no hope of getting the job, right? And I, I got it. <laughs> and um, actually, Song, this brings back so many memories because when um, I got to travel to Japan, I think I was in Japan almost like on a monthly basis, and I would stay two to two to three weeks at a time, depending what we were doing. If we were doing software development, most of our testing got done in Japan, so we, you know, we, I had to travel. Poor me, right? I had to travel, um, and so, but it brings it brings back such su such great memories because I remember um, I was responsible for updating the white, you know, getting the tools, the semiconductor tools that we worked on uh, updated for the Y2K. And so, if you remember what Y2K was, you know, I oh yes, it, it was so funny. I was actually in one of these mentoring workshops that I was telling you about that I was kind of talking to to the you know to the to, to the employees what I had done you know kind of giving them a little bit of my history and I think only one person out of like 25 or 30 knew what Y2K was and I'm like oh my gosh you know it's like I have to remember it I'm talking to the millennial you know the the millennial <laughs> culture right and so <laughs> And so, no, but like they didn't know what Y2K was. And so needless to say, what I told them is like, listen, people, the reason the earth is still here is because of me. I saved earth by updating, <laughs> updating those systems. That's right. They have those Y2K proof stickers <laughs> yes. because of you. <laughs> no, but it was just on the tools that Tokyo Electron had, right? So it was uh, mainly diffusion and edge tool so the diffusion is you know the um the where we bake the wafer when it's becoming a microchip so before you edge it you you bake it and so then it goes to the edge tool where it actually edges the the chip itself but graham okay. can we insert a picture later during the editing process because i'm sure some of our audience members might be imagining lego wafers <laughs> uh, I'm talking about... yeah and Thank you. And if you are uh, listening, then please continue imagining Lego wafers, uh, Lego waffles, and, and we'll go from oh, there. Well, and and you know these are made out of like glass. I mean, they're they have, they can do it a wafer because they probably don't know what I'm talking about. I'm over here making so you know send hand singles like if everybody knew that. And so one of the things that changed song uh, while I was there was we went from like the twelve. Uh, milliliter to the to the 13 and so that was one of the changes that happened is you know that we could actually uh, you know edge in a bigger wafer um, and so it gave us it, it allowed us to have more chips in, in in the in the wafer itself so but I mean so many things have changed and you know when uh, as the industry has evolved uh, the 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 I, I think the one thing that has remained consistent is just uh, you know, the interest, you know, just keeps growing, right? Um, that's always been something, you know, that that I don't think it's ever going to change as people continually to be be interested in technology. Um, 
you know, with the, with, I remember, I don't think we had email when I was actually thinking uh, the internet was what, uh, in rolled out in nine, what was it? 1980, was it 1980 when the internet became, uh, a, a, an uh, actual slightly thing? later. 81, right, they had the, 80, yeah, 81, they I had, think. I can't even exactly, remember. I, the, we'll, we'll dig up some info. I know, we'll do right? some research and then supplement some caption in the year. It would be interesting. But, Ma yeah. Maria's evolution. You can do, you know what, you know, you can do yeah. <laughs> Y2K through, through, through social media. Now on some of the social media, I was like, oh my goodness, people, uh, yeah. more mentoring needs to be done in social media. <laughs> That's right. And we insert some uh, modem sounds just so our, our, yeah. our audio listeners uh -huh. could get some real experience to yeah. it. The sharp, uh, jagged sound just to make it really authentic. Yep. But, you know, you mentioned about, uh, Maria, it's so interesting, right? You talked about certain things remaining the same. And, and you know, the, a lot of these things certainly absolutely do remain the same. What would you say would be sort of a dramatic change aside from technologies, aside from the fact that you know, we're no longer talking about wafers with transistors coming out of it. I'm just imagining Eggo waffles with transistors right now. But, but you know, what would you say, tech, aside from technology, that's really changed in the industry in the last 20 years or so uh, from your experience? So you mean aside from technology? That's right. Hmm. Um, you know, I was trying, I'm, I'm, as I was talking, I was trying to think of like some of the things that I have that have uh, changed and remained the same. Um, but I, I, it's, it's hard for me to answer that. I, um, or, or even your experience as a woman in technology, right? From your personal experience, mm -hmm. do you think has anything changed in the last 20 years in regards to that? Well, yes, I think, well, and I think it has to go with the diversity conversations that we were just talking about. That has definitely, you know, become a huge change uh, with companies. Um, and I was saying, you know, um, that when we have diversity, uh, we have better results. It's a more mm -hmm. diverse population, you know, and, and so I think that is one of the things that have cha has changed uh, here very recently with the focus of, you know, more women in technology, uh, more diversity, a more diverse culture. I think uh, that that has positively uh, has uh, resulted in, you know, in uh, in influencing more women to go into into you know, into these into these sectors. Um, uh, but I, but you know, but I and I hope I continue to see that change. Right. Um, I think it's it's needed. Uh, uh, but again, I think we have to, as women, uh, step step up ourselves and also um, make the men part of that conversation. Um, you know, and especially at the executive level. And and we gotta, you know, what we we have to talk the talk, but we have to walk the walk. We can't just talk about it. We have to we have to make it happen. We have to see results. And you've provided some great advice today, right, about walking the walk. You know, sharing your experience as well as you know your 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 um, suggestions as well, right? And uh, all right, Maria, this has been a great conversation. We're so appreciative of your time and willingness to talk to us. Uh, it's been so interesting to not only learn about you, but 
hear about your thoughts in the industry and with mentorship. Uh, to our listeners, thank you again for joining us on this episode of Jet Talkers. Um, as always, subscribe to our podcast and follow us on social to keep up. Bye.